0: From KFNX News Talk Radio 1100, it's Chatterbox. We will find the latest news, interviews, and updates about the gaming world. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host, the guests, and callers only. And not necessarily those of KFNX News Talk Radio 1100. And now, here's your hosts for Chatterbox.
1: Well, look at this. Another week of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show, and I'm actually here to enjoy it.
2: How are you doing, my friend? I'm
1: wonderful. How have you been?
2: I've been fantastic.
1: By the way, I say I'm wonderful, but if you were to factor in fatigue, yeah. I would not be wonderful. I mean, if that's something—if that's a negative.
2: If we factor in Serbia, are you still wonderful or not wonderful? I,
1: I don't know what you mean. Were you I, in I wasn't Serbia? in Serbia,
2: no. Croatia.
1: I was in Croatia, yes.
2: If we factor in Croatia...
1: Uh No, that was good times, man. It was all right. You know what I got? You know, someone today asked me, what was the best part of your trip?
2: Uh, a Croat barroom brawl?
1: No. No, that didn't happen. No. But, so I visited four countries, right? I had no intention of visiting these four countries. And I say four because on my customs form when I returned, that's what I put. Because I I landed in Croatia. Well... I, on the way, I stopped in Munich because I had to change planes. One, but
2: it, one does not simply land listen, in Croatia.
1: Dude, it was very beautiful. Anyway, so I landed in Croatia, and from Croatia, I go to Montenegro for a day, home of the .dot, dot .me domain. Um, from there, I return because we want to go actually somewhere else in Croatia.
2: Was it really so, a Montenegro? Uh, no,
1: actually, no. I did not. I did not see not black. a negro mont, mont while there. Um, anyway, so then we go back to Croatia because we don't going to be much negro anymore. And I realized, looking at the map, Croatia is actually broken up into two parts: one very large and one very slim part uh, on like the southern coast of Bosnia Herzegovina. So, like, w- we go back into Croatia, and then we want to drive to the rest of Croatia, which means I've got to travel through Bosnia Herzegovina. So I was there for. All of, what, half an hour, however long it took to drive through that to get back to the rest of Croatia. Um, so then I was there for several days, where, for the first time in many, many years, we're talking like, what am I, 32 now? Like, first time in 12 years, I had donor kebabs. Do you know what a donor kebab is?
2: No, but it sounds
1: disgusting. Oh, it's so good. You would even like, you like chicken, right? Yes. Chicken. Oh, man. It's, they put, ch- it's it's from the, the, the sh- it's shawarma, basically. You know what shawarma is? So not really, sort of. No, you ever see those those restaurants that serve meat off of really, really large sticks? Not not like when we went to that Brazilian restaurant. Right. Talking like I can I can imagine. It's it's literally stacks of chicken like compressed onto the stick.
2: I can I can use my and to shave it off with a machete. To to imagine what it could be like. All
1: right. Anyway, so that's back in Croatia. Did you get the Croatia, machete. Went to Hungary. No, they
2: get the machete.
1: No. Anyway, then we went to Hungary, where you know my ancestry is from, and, and so we saw some. Some Hungarian stuff. But while I was in Croatia, there's, we went to some open market thing.
2: there. Houses there? There's, there? there's houses? Sure. Cities? Yeah, that too. People live there?
1: Yeah. A lot of old stuff. I took a Segway tour through Hungary and saw like, the castle and the citadel and whatever. Anyway, I'm not, I don't want to tell you about my sightseeing. But um, while I was in Croatia, I bought like genuine Nazi paraphernalia. Nice. Which, like, you're not allowed to sell in all parts of the world. <laughs> but we came across it in, like, some antique area in Croatia. And I was like,
2: this, is, I'd this love stuff is awesome. I'd love to be bringing that back through customs. Yeah.
1: No, I totally forgot that I didn't put it in my luggage, that I kept it in my carry-on. And one yeah. of them was a lighter. Like, it's what yeah. appears, what I, I'm guessing is, like, standard issue.
2: you got a Nazi lighter.
1: Yeah. And it's, like, it's gold. I don't know if it's made of gold, but it's gold-colored. It might be gold-plated. It might not be. I have no idea. I'm not a jeweler. I should bring it to my Jewish jeweler, by the way, and see what he thinks about. It. It's really gold? <laughs> <laughs> so my, my parents were a little bit like, really? You wanted to buy that? I was like, yeah. I find it really interesting that you can, I was able to, like, you can't buy that in America just because people won't have it for sale. Americans I, I don't I have suppose. that crap. A few do, I'm sure. But I was there and, and Croatia wasn't one of the countries that benefited from from Germany's empire or the German empire. They always fought against them fought on the right side of wars throughout history so anyway but i got a, like a passport like a genuine like nazi era passport
2: you got a nazi passport
1: I, well i don't know that the person represented in the passport was a nazi but if you were in germany during nazi era then you know so documentation official documentation had swastikas all over Swastika and
2: stuff. passport
1: yeah but the lighter i assume was like a military standard issue lighter it's like a zippo style thing with a screw-off cap for the wick and it's i'll show it to you one day it's really cool stuff um
2: i'm strangely fascinated i don't know
1: exactly well me too right um i didn't go telling the guy selling it to me that like all my relatives died in the holocaust that's something i left out but yes. <laughs> i think it became clear to him that i was a you know, jewish heritage oh really i was like no i totally want this stuff yeah one of the past there were he had two passports one of which had like well the one i got tons of history of like where this person had been and it's like from 1938 and stuff so anyway that's cool so, that was one of my favorite parts of the trip, was acquiring that stuff.
2: Any video games on this trip?
1: I played a surprising amount of Tiny Tower on the iPhone and a little bit on my iPad. Um, have you become aware of but this? You, you would. You you brought you're an it iOS yourself. user. Um, I actually downloaded it while I had access to some Wi-Fi in Croatia. Yeah. yeah. So And that's something that I wanted to talk about. I actually just saw an article about it on Kotaku. And The Tiny Tower. Tiny Tower. Are you are you familiar with this game at all? No, not even one bit. Right. Well, remind me when to get to break. I'll show it to you. Um it's another one of these mindless virtually rewardless games. And I say virtually, Excellent. right? and So this has happened to me a couple times where like I start playing this game and I'm like I'll give it a shot, see what it's like. This time I'm willing to stop early because I'm pretty sure there's no official end to it and the reward system doesn't I'm not sure it exists. And I, so I want you to see it and tell me, like, how it is more of a game than, say, Farmville, because um, I'm not sure that it is. Do you need to have a reward system? I, me personally? Yeah. I I think I, there needs to be something I enjoy.
2: Yeah. The thing,
1: like, I see a game. Well,
2: there's something you there's there certainly needs to be something to for you to enjoy, but that's not what I asked you. Uh,
1: well, I, there there's no story. <laughs> right. So I mean yeah, back in the day
2: when we mm-hmm. played Contra yeah. and we finally got to the fifth level, you know, we didn't get a prize of, you know, some donkeys for our farm <laughs> because we got to the fifth level. It was just a satisfying accomplishment. But there was challenge. To, well, that's well this is what so, I'm getting at. Okay, so at, the reward right?
1: is is it uh, was
2: in, it was intrinsically rewarding because you over, overcoming But you overcame something that took effort.
1: Okay. So do you recall when I played that game called My Town, also on the iPhone?
2: I've, no, I've erased that from my memory because okay. it was so traumatic. Well, I
1: played this game after not having any, any history with a game like FarmVille. And then as I played it, I realized, oh my god, I think this is what FarmVille is. Something that is um, virtually rewardless, has zero challenge, and is just a click fest. With the ability to pay more to make the clicking happen... Less. Right. Well, you get rewards. Have They're happen. just very
2: lame. Yeah. Is that what yeah. you're getting at here? Pretty much.
1: Yeah. And I and see. you can you can pay to have the you know the game progress more quickly through these very limited and and lame as you put it rewards, right? Right. And so for a while I was convinced that this game actually had something to it. And the separation between a game like Farmville and My Town and what I was thinking was happening with this game is some amount of, of puzzle elements, some way to make it su- a set of decisions that you could make that would change the outcome, right? So if I, if I choose to analyze the situation like so, then I will reap rewards more quickly. Something like that. Right. Right. Because
2: in... So what can you characterize what these lame rewards are? Okay.
1: So let me let me just try to describe Tiny Tower without taking too much time, because I'm not sure that it's worth it.
2: No, so you don't even have to go into that. I'm just wondering what the rewards are. Uh, just visual stimuli. Okay. Like, they, like what? Like you get treated to a five-minute laser light show? <laughs> no. So
1: there's... Uh, Tiny Tower starts off with just, you know, you have one level in a building, and it has an elevator in it. And so you start by building the first level above that right which is most likely an apartment house so you can put five tenants in it and these tenants have various skills in five areas like retail creative um, food service there's five different things so you can um, you can then create other levels in this building after you acquire cash um, which are in one of those five categories so let's say the first thing you build is is a restaurant then if you have tenants, who have a high skill in uh, in food service, right? And you put them into that. You can then employ them in the other floors, like in okay. the stores and the restaurants that so you build. So this
2: just looks. This just sounds like like a sim. It's like a Sim City in a Tower. But
1: there's much less to it. And the problem is, <laughs> it it took me far too long to realize how little there was. Because the,
2: the thing is, you pay... haven't you learned by now, Alon? Because I'm just I'm just impressed by your your your. Naivete is that Well, to no, say? no, no. I wanted to give you a little more credit than that. Just this, but wired your resilience of trying new things, even though every time they will be disappointing to you?
1: But here's the thing like, I, when you play these games, you, you don't have a basis for understanding. It's, it's all learning how the game works. Now, I have this naive point of view thinking that more will come of this. There will be more to it. As I progress through, I will realize that there, there is a little bit more depth. Um, but what I come actually to realize is that there is no additional depth, that the few choices that I can make actually have such little impact that it's basically irrelevant. And so...
2: So there's even less depth than you ever possibly imagined.
1: Yeah. So like the, each character has these, these set of skills, you know, zero through nine, they can either be bad or good at these things, but when they are, it's got, it has very little impact on the outcome because all it means is it'll cost you a little bit less to order like the food to stock your restaurant. Uh, But each person also has their dream job, right? So if you are, if your guy's dream job is, well, it it might be, let's say, a game studio, right? Game designers. So someone's dream job might be a game studio. So if by chance, because when you pick what, (laughs) when you pick what you want to build, you only tell it which category. And then once it's completed after waiting some amount of time, which of course can be shortened with tower bucks
2: which you can purchase Of course, you can
1: right luckily they're not only purchasable you can obtain them in the game without having to buy them with with u.s currency but um when it's created it's created randomly from the subset of restaurants or creative studios or retail options that exist so you just get a bike store or a game studio like you don't know what's going to come but if you get one that matches up with the dream job of one of your tenants then something good you put them in it then you get a few free tower bucks i see and you also get like
2: but it's totally random so you can't create a create a strategy to well that's like event eventually you have
1: a lot of floors so you'll have several restaurants and several retail outlets and several you know creative studios and you'll also have many tenants so what you do is you start organizing them where like you'll have lots of people who are level nine in restaurants and lots of people who are level nine in retail so you make sure you assign them properly but what i realized is like i said before that putting them in the right place doesn't give you much benefit when you put them in a the dream job it like doubles the amount of stock you get in that you know restaurant so you get twice as many which means you don't have to stock it as often but but it doesn't even really that matter. like the end result is you just collect money for these restaurants that are there nothing you do and really you, you stack more restaurants and retail outlets yeah. and you get more money and then you stack more and you get more money and you stack more and like there's nothing to it and there's so the puzzle element of choosing who goes where is so limited that it stops being fun after you figure out it exists we'll be right back
0: arizona's news talk leader kfnx am 1100
2: All right, I'm getting the feeling like we've spent about five times the amount of time that we should have talking about this tiny tower No, game.
1: it's important. Not so much to talk about the game, but to talk about how this type of game is getting out there and fooling us. And like
2: I before during You the feel break, duped. Is that what you're saying? Is that is that the moral of the story? You felt like you're duped? Yes.
1: Okay, yes. I'm, I'm glad that but we
2: got to that point. What's more important than that, like I have the intelligence to discover this
1: but if you go look at the reviews of this game it goes right. on and on about how this is so good this game is amazing it's the best free game on the iphone ever and people love this and thanks guys this game is incredible and people are just devoting all this time to it and
2: it's just what, like and what is it doing for nothing
1: it's not I read you anything. the first thing i did at the break was read to you the kotaku, kotaku article which right. starts off basically realizing that the game is useless but right. then going on about how great it is
2: I don't get it. There's, you, you know what? This reminds me. I, I was having a conversation with, with some friends the other day, Um, you know, with some game developer friends, right? And I realized that people who are really interested in, for lack of a better term, right, like game mechanics or hardcore gaming or maybe you can call it old school games, right? the the things that we value a lot of us as game designers and game developers at, about what makes a game good apparently for a lot of people are really the ancillary aspects of it and the things that we think are ancillary aspects are somehow incredibly attractive to people and it's kind of like it's like flip-flopped right it's like it's like the songwriter who Writes a song who he thinks is really meaningful and people like it for all the wrong reasons. Because of a catchy tune or something. Yeah, I mean the, it's not the greatest analogy, right? But it's like it's like things get like flip flopped, right? Like I think the attraction of this this tiny tower game is mostly just in the fact that you know it's not very demanding of you, for one. Uh, there's lots of, I mean, you know, the graphics are neat and cute, and you know, the the movement on the screen is cute and it's interesting to that end, and it's kind of like cool to just watch something unfold, right? And you're just kind of like building this thing, right? But there's no, if there's no way of doing it better or worse, or if or if the if the breadth of you doing better or worse, right? If the ultimate range of consequences isn't very big. Right? It's like that makes it very accessible because you can't get too penalized, but then it also limits the type of experience that it can be. Right? And if Yeah, and that's, that's it's like it's like solitaire, right? And I didn't even show
1: you the grinding element by the way.
2: No, no, no. And I don't even I mean it's just I'm you've crushed my soul a little bit by showing it to me <laughs> in the first place, right? But it's like there's it's like this like people play solitaire, not to be challenged, but just to click on things, right? And this is like with even less challenge and oh strategy than solitaire but better graphics I spent and, a
1: lot of time in a car while I was in Europe yeah. and I found myself wishing that I had a solitaire game
2: yeah. and but. this and this is like for some reason or another this is very attractive to people like people a lot of people want you know you're getting a lot of output for minimal input right but the problem is is that a lot of the output like it just it, it creates the appearance that you're getting a lot of output for it but I don't th- Somehow, the output is not real, right? because you're just you're just watching a tower develop, and you're watching more people show up in it, and you're watching all the cool different stores appear or whatever
1: yeah, I, I don't know i uh, I read one of the reviews talked about just how cute the characters are, and right. they are cute, right I'll give them that and i like you can dress them up a little bit by just hitting a button that takes a dollar away from yeah. your i mean this you know what this is
2: no different from animal crossing because animal crossing is the same kind of thing. You don't lose at Animal Crossing. You don't win at Animal Crossing. You just develop things. And it's minimally challenging and it's minimally demanding.
1: Is that why my wife likes it so much?
2: Probably. I'm curious if, if Penn is calling for this reason. I'm going to
1: guess to. that he's calling about something completely different. So before we take his call, I'm going to talk about our sponsor, University of Advancing Technology. Uh, you can learn about them at uat.edu. And I say you should or you could but i meant that you you should really uh, cuz that's what we do here we we promote them and then talk about games so uh, go to uat.edu and and learn about them so now Penn. uh yeah you're you're on the air buddy
0: hey how's it going
1: all right how you doing Penn? pretty good so so did you want to talk about meaningless iphone games
0: uh well i wanted to talk about how sometimes games can't be meaningless uh, last week you brought up i think dungeon siege
2: yeah,
1: that was our was our friend Eric. Yeah, it certainly yeah. was it certainly wasn't me, but yeah. I'm just pretending that he talked to you.
2: Sure,
0: let's <laughs> um, do that. Well, I I finished Torchlight recently, and uh, it was that it's a Diablo style game, and I was having a lot of fun with the game, except at the end, um, the only way the game could challenge me was to uh, have everyone one hit kill me, and th- that's. I've had other games that do that, but the problem with this game doing that is it sort of took off the veil of what it is that you're doing in the game, which is you're just playing dress up. So the game is all about finding clothes.
2: Really? Torchlight? That's what it's about? Is a Barbie game?
0: Well no, it's it's all these Diablo like games. They're they're just about finding items to put on your guy so that he can kill the monster, but killing the monster is Uninteresting the way you do it. For the most part, it's just shoot him until he dies.
1: I I've never played a Diablo game, but yeah. as I understand it, you're basically just clicking the mouse all the time,
2: right? It's it's yeah. I mean this this torchlight game. Now now, Pen, you have to bear with me. I've only played the demo, and and I was I was as I said you know previously, I, I was completely dissatisfied with it because, for example, like he, he, real quick, right? When you attack, even like long range attacks, whatever, like you can't move and attack, right, Pen?
0: Yeah, yeah, you become a,
2: a, a turret. Right. So basically the way that that mechanic works out is that because you can't move there while you're attacking and because of just that idiosyncrasy, among other things, there's no tactics or skill in your method of attacking. You just walk up to the guy and press the attack button and hope you win. And, and you usually do almost every single time. Right, and the only care that you have to take is like don't do something completely retardedly stupid, like to run into a huge den of people all at once. A- am I right, Pen? Is that a fair characterization? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I think you. Th- so, so at the end of this game, really everything hits you with one hit, and you die.
0: Well, the because I leveled up so high, the game then uh, around the end begins to compensate for that, and. What what happened when they started to one hit kill me? It didn't really bother me that I died. That doesn't bother me in games at all. But it was that I realized that there's no, there's nothing I can do that's interesting in combat that would remedy it.
2: You're you're absolutely right, and I'm so glad that you've made this observation. And he, here's the funny thing: I, I just want to take a kind of a step aside for a real quick second here. The, the crazy thing about all this stuff is that you talk about Street Fighter and you could characterize it as all you do is move and attack. Okay, maybe defend, right? But then like a game like Torchlight in words, you could use the same words to describe it, but it is so night and day in terms of the level of skill involved mechanically. Isn't that right?
0: Yeah, and it's it's one of these things where I, I never played a Diablo game before. So this is my first introduction into one of these kinds of games. And I loved it, and I was having so much fun. And looking back, I think the fun that I was having is the understanding of this complete new world of, of gameplay, and that was what was keeping me hooked. Okay,
2: so so can you be a little more specific, right? Like, what was it? Like, Was it collecting things or, like, exploring dungeons or, like, seeing new graphics? Like, what was so compelling for you that it took you all the way through to the end of this game? Well,
0: m- most of uh, these diablo type games have a lot of fantasy and that really kind of pushes me away because i never understand what these words mean that they're using like they don't have i always say i wish they had a plain english mode even while playing games like oblivion i just wish can you tell me what this does don't use these fancy words from fantasy books that i've never read like and and so i guess this one made it a little easier is that like in role-playing games
1: where they tell me my character has charisma and i have no idea what effect that has on the game
0: yeah, things like that. That always kind of drives me crazy. Like I, I wish there was like a an English mode option for people who are just like me, who don't care about, you know, guys who speak with an English accent. Like I just want, <laughs> I just want to play the game, and I'm just too confused. And so while playing Torchlight, it was pretty easy. Things are laid out in a kind of okay way, but I still found a, a bit of problems where. I would pick something, and I don't know what it did until I used it. So I had to kind of abuse the save system so that I could try stuff out to see if I liked it. And I don't think that was the intention of the developer. And I, so, I think
1: Penn is like me. He doesn't read a lot of books.
0: Yeah, I don't. I hate reading.
1: Yeah, man. Doesn't want to explore new things. Doesn't Shouldn't to have broad to read horizons. games, really. I'm just I'm speaking generally, but I think, I think he and I are a lot alike. <laughs> All right, do you want to stay on the line? Yes. All right, we'll be right back.
2: Me, Mario, you're listening to Chatterbox
0: Video Game Radio. It's a number
2: one. Woo-hoo! And we are back. You're listening to Chatterbox video game radio.
1: During the break I was just telling Ara how my hand was healing up.
2: You love to just disgust me, don't you?
1: What you asked about my hand
2: and I regretted it ever <laughs> since.
1: Yeah. It's uh it's I did push-ups for the first time today in over a month. So that's good. But right. only cuz I had my grip things. If I didn't have my grip things, I wouldn't have been able to do them, I don't think, cuz that would have been palm to the ground and that's not good. But with the grips I can I can muster.
2: All right. So we're talking with Pen. He's still on the phone.
0: Pen. So so where are
2: we at at this conversation? I mean, Torchlight is lame. It looks awesome.
0: Well, the basics of it is it it has a lot of elements that, you know, combining powers and using different items together. But it all points to the end where it's really just about shooting the other monster. And that's sort of, and there's no real complexity to that. Like the complexity comes in preparing to shoot the monster, and it was sort of a realization when I got to the end of the game I spent more time in the menu than I did playing well I have
2: to say that um, that kind of system is very characteristic of an RPG.
1: I want to say that that's that realization is what separates the men from the boys that that point that you've you've hit you you will not like this by the way, penn. This is when you become an adult and stop playing video games. Now, I know you don't realize it yet, but it happens to the best of us.
2: See, see, I think that's totally unfair, Alon, because I think that it separates the men from the boys in the sense that you realize now what kind of games are worth your time and which ones aren't.
1: No, but this is a very depressing time in, in, you know... You've you've got a timeline of your life. You'll be able to look back and say, from when I was born, you know, and I was this age, this happened, and I was this age, and I started growing hair in various places, then I was this age, and this happened to me, right? Like, you're going to look back and see, however old you are right now, this is the point where your your desire to game and the enjoyment that you reap from gaming— Starts going downhill.
2: I don't think that's true for it's him. It's absolutely true. Is that true for you, Ben? The,
0: the, the only way that'll happen is if there isn't a choice to have games that do supply the complexity that I'm looking for. But but like, what I'm saying for, is
1: that the herd is, is thinning now. The The games that will bring you the joy are far fewer than they were before because it, this I've talked about this many times on the show how I've, I've become old and I've stopped enjoying games as much because I need something new I have seen everything and so now it's very hard for someone to come up with something new that I enjoy and so what I do is I end up playing these games I've played before like had you played Diablo in the past and then played Torchlight you'd have been like oh this is boring but you hadn't played Diablo so Torchlight was sort of interesting no. until you get to the end and now you won't do it again
2: I, I wouldn't go that far I, I think he's just re- confirming for himself that this is not his type of game
0: Well, no, actually, uh, I kind of uh, misrepresented uh, my statement by saying that this is the first Diablo clone I played because actually the first Diablo clone I played was X-Men Legends, and I loved that game, and it was a lot of fun, and it had the same mechanics with the main difference being that how I I fought enemies really mattered. There was actually a, a combat system that would, like, for example, If you have a a stronger enemy, you'd want to knock him down because that way he wouldn't get that much of a chance to to strike you back. And you don't want him to strike you back.
2: So you could say, then, that that game is really not the same type of game, though, right?
0: Well, in the sense of you do everything is exactly the same up until the part where there's combat. The only difference is that in Torchlight, it's I'm a turret and I'm shooting. And in X-Men Legends... I'm a melee guy. I'm like Wolverine. I'm jumping at the guy and attacking physically. But if this character has radiation damage, I don't want to get close to him, so I'll use Iceman. And now it's a whole strategic thing because I'm controlling four characters at once, not That's, just one.
2: So, I mean, the smallest details can make the biggest differences, can't
0: they? Absolutely. And, and that game I played for maybe 120 hours. Like I spent way too much time on that game. But it was a long time. It. Long, long time. And and even though I'm upset about Torchlight, I still appreciate the sort of the knowledge of of what the game gave me. Like, I'm happy that I know that this kind of game, if Diablo is maybe Diablo is more complex and has, you know, different.
1: How can it be more complex? You play the whole thing with a mouse.
0: Yeah, but, but at the same time, if there's a lot of strategies in how I have to battle, then that could change it. Like, for example, in, uh, in Torchlight, every large enemy was just a large version of a small character who took a lot of damage. Now, if X-Men Legends, which is a, also a Diablo cl- clone, had things like, oh, well, this character, you have to break his shield by using this. And, uh, this other character, you have to, he has, um, the ability to suck out your magic, so you don't want to get near him. Those little changes, even though they sound so small, they completely change the way you play. The problem is Torchlight didn't have that. Every enemy was pretty much the same. One enemy slowed you down, and that was about as complex as it ever got.
1: You know, I gotta say, I'm really surprised that we're using an X-Men game to demonstrate good values in, in game design. That was not something I expected to happen. It's comparative. Well, I guess that's true. Um, I think really the benefit from this is your knowledge that, you know, you can evaluate a game and realize that it it actually sucks. And what's unfortunate is that it happens after we spend so much time with it, which is how Penn's discussion relates to Tiny Tower,
0: because I spent entirely too much time with it. It's
2: true. This is why I I no longer buy games sight unseen or sight unplayed, I guess you could say.
0: And the most negative part of Torchlight is that it kind of, is pushing me to go the opposite which is you know I'm a big Soul Calibur fan and I'm I'm now now I want to just immerse myself into becoming like a pro gamer at Soul Calibur because I feel like games are, are headed toward torchlight which is just click and it's fun to collect stuff and
2: not, leveling not up. all of them. I think I think that there's plenty of room for both of those types of things. And I, I don't really think I mean there's a lot of this torchlight, tiny tower y like RPG E simulation E type of game. But well, the, the, there's still there's still room for the skill players and there's still room for the skill games. Well I'll of have,
0: I'll kinda of have to disagree with you, Aura, in that what I mean there's a reason that every single game in every genre has an RPG element now. Because they know it's an easy way to suck people in.
2: I, I don't think that I don't think that it's fair to say that every single game is that way. Yeah, but
0: but even even
1: if it were, I would argue that having an RPG element doesn't also take out the good elements of a game. And and you can like people like you and and myself and Aura, like uh, you and I are not game developers, but but Ara is right. And and there are people exist like us who will. Become game developers, and and this is something actually I realized when I was at E3 and I was sitting there looking at the new Skullgirls or the
0: upcoming Skullgirls game. That's
2: a great actually, that's a great counter example to what you said, Pen. you know about that game?
0: I heard about it. It it, it looks interesting. Uh, every time I hear about any fighting game, I'm always interested. Yeah.
1: So the like the lead design guy is I didn't know this while talking to him until the very end of the discussion when we were walking away. Uh, apparently like he's really big in the fighting game scene, like the Street Fighter scene. He's just I don't know if that's the only thing he did in his life, but he was a big Street Fighter player and now he's like the main designer of a new game. So there there are people who enjoy games, truly enjoy games and understand why they enjoy them and end up being involved in the development of new games. So although there'll consistently be, you know, this trash being put out there and you know what? There are probably a lot of people who really enjoyed Torchlight, but they're the type of people that I was talking about at the head of the show who, you know, you have something that's easy to play without a lot of variance, depending how you play it, and you're going to end up with, you know, a wide audience, but not actually a lot of gameplay that's interesting to people. And so a lot of people probably enjoyed it, but someone who's discerning, like you and I, and, and most of the people who listen to the show, I assume, um, would end up not liking it, right? So my point is, there are people like us who get into game development, and so don't don't be scared that, that, that good games are going away. It just means you have to be more careful about what you select.
0: Well, I mean, Torchlight is... I don't look down upon people who enjoy Torchlight, or I do look... Don't look down on them.
1: Please thumb your nose at them. I don't know (laughs) what that means, but do it.
0: I do it with God of War a little bit, I'll I'll admit. (laughs) But, But for the most part, if you enjoy a game, then, you know, that's fine. The problem is every game for me is a puzzle, and the faster I get to solving the puzzle of the game, then I immediately become uninterested, because now I know what to do to win every time. And that's sort of what happened with Torchlight. Torchlight did a good job of keeping me going for a long time before I figured it out. That's what was impressive. And this is why these mechanics are so addictive and can really take over someone's life if you're not careful. Like, um, I'd say my brother, I told him, don't play any MMOs because it would just destroy his life because <laughs> he's more OCD than me. I mean, we were doing just crazy things where we were abusing the save system so that when we hit the random... Uh, ability to gain magic if we didn't get what we wanted we would reset the entire console load the save again and just repeat repeat and and he was worse than me
2: yeah that does no good for nobody but but let let me say this pen i I do think that what you were saying before there's probably going to be less of the skill games than of the for lack of a better term non-skill games and here's an analogy all right it's like not everybody can play football Football, like pro football, is, you know, an elite sport, right? So there's very, very few few professional football players. But it's a very, very – I mean, and, and maybe even more people who just play it regularly, like not professionally, right? But there's way more people who play fantasy football, and fantasy football is kind of like the experience of football, but without any of the physical demands,
0: you think so of the experience of football? Analogy.
2: It has some, well, it's some experience. It's not the experience of throwing <laughs> experience and catching and, from and, your and couch. getting tackled. But it is, and there's a lot more of those. Football Tons of people the- do that, and a lot of few actually engage in the sport. So. Save the concussion for the field. Thanks, Penn. We're going to get some other stuff when we get back. All right, we're back. It's Chatterbox.
1: I'm liking this. This, uh, you know, I go on vacation for a couple weeks. I come back, sort of ease back into the show.
2: Have you? Easing back. Have you been easing back? I am. It's been a kind of an easygoing show.
1: The last couple weeks? No, like right now. Oh, yeah, no, but I, I think it's going well. I'm glad the pen called in with that that uh, somewhat compelling discussion. I um, I can't help but remind our listeners of uh, the University of and Technology and UAT.edu, their website, where you can learn about the programs. They they have to offer you. Um, so now that I've done that, we can move on. Um, you've got a couple things in front of you, and I've got a few things. I'd, I'd like you're... to
2: register a complaint. Okay. It's I've registered this before, but I'm especially infuriated. Oh, God. Dirt again? Yeah.
1: i got to say it, man. All right. Okay. All right. So one Is of this them... just because of the dirt outside driving here today? <laughs> no,
2: I not I mean, I, I picked, I started playing it again after a brief hiatus, so I, I, I don't know, like, that game is so schizophrenic. I don't understand how there, there is like this script of dialogue where every time I finish a new part of the game, there are, there's a, there's a, there's a man and there's a lady, and they're talking about how great I am, right? And, I've never seen such great volume of dialogue that conveys absolutely nothing. I mean, they're like, "Oh, you're so cool! You found the steering wheel! You won all the the prizes! You're great!" And they, it's like, it's so gushing with encouragement, and and, and they're so amazed at everything I'm doing that. There's there's no way anybody who plays this game for more than five minutes can avoid reaching the realization that the, the, I mean like you're just being patronized constantly right like how I do you how do you feel when you do something that's not that great an accomplishment and you just get like all of this like gushing love it's yeah,
1: like I've become actually immune to that in video games I completely immune and what I'm it actually makes me wonder. Because you know it, Japanese games are not that way. Um, Codemasters is not a Japanese company, though, and I'm I'm curious if in the localization process that has changed. Like, do I, you think that know. they will remove that encouragement for the Japanese version oh, of the no. game? Oh no,
2: I don't think they will at all. Not at all. But it's it's it's. But they should, right? Here's the thing: like, I don't like. I would really wish I had some insight into this. Like, what was the thought process? Of writing so much script to say absolutely nothing, I just and you can't skip these things, right? You finish your race, you know the whole world explodes, whatever. You get back into the menu, and then you have to sit here and you listen to these people banner back and forth about something completely retarded.
1: I would I would have expected them to to fill dead space with that. But no, you're no, saying it's not. they actually add time you to the game to experience. Wait.
2: Yes, you have to wait for them. To, I mean, there's actually there's a lot of examples of that in the game, which is kind of kind of terrible. But that that's it's just it just kills me. Like I just how can I not how can I not skip this? How who thought it was good? And most importantly, does anybody actually like it after the first or second time? I mean, I can imagine for somebody you know who is you know not a seasoned gamer. Did you, know, did you try they playing cool. poorly
1: and seeing if they gush as much about? It? Well, well, no, they. I mean, no, I didn't. Because it might just be like an audible representation of when they put the. I don't know how this game ranks you, but well, the A B C. Well, it doesn't matter because
2: every time you progress in the game, if you're progressing through the game, you're going to hear these things, mm-hmm. right? So it, there's, I mean, even if you do poorly, it's just, it's the same garbage from dirt, dirt 2, where the guy was just like everything is just totally radically awesome all day long, right? And it's just – it's back and I, I don't know. I don't get it. Well,
1: you know, one of the things we've learned in life is that people like other people that make them feel good. They like feeling good. Well,
2: see, this is the thing though. Like you like feeling good and that's fine. But this has taken that kernel of a human psychology element and completely exploited it to the nth degree because people like that. But Until they, they know it's happening? Until – it keeps happening even when they haven't done something significant, right? Yeah. If somebody keeps on laying down the compliments like a thick layer of icing on an all-icing cake, right, every I mean, single time you do something menial, you start to resent it. Like, no, like this happens to everybody.
1: No, you, you're absolutely right. Like, if, if the game uh, were to constantly tell me I was doing well simply by playing it, uh, I would – not care, and I would resent it just for saying it. But like, if I knew I actually had a, a really good lap, or I made some some really cool trick if on a snowboarding game or something, like did did something that was actually difficult to get, right. like uh, like the gold or platinum level of some challenge, right? Um, you know, then I could appreciate it a little bit.
2: Right, right. Well, your appreciation comes from the fact that you know what you've accomplished and you know it's meaningful. Yeah, you don't need for and a synthesized voice <laughs> or a recorded voice. To well, tell no, you you're awesome. No, but but the voice might
1: help me realize I did something. Right, but if that greater voice... Great challenging, yeah, but, but if it, it, it happens all the time, then yeah, it's...
2: Yeah, if it happens all the time, it just becomes noise. Okay, so so complaint one, okay? Complaint two, do you realize... I didn't even realize this until the DLC started coming out for this game, but the DLC for this game, Dirt 3, actually embeds itself into the mission... The mission. The level select menus and the car select menus...
1: Why is that a bad thing?
2: Because I'm playing this game and they're like they're like selling me stuff when I'm trying to it's like I'm trying to pick an event to play, right? And they're like, "Oh, you can't play this event right now. You got to buy it," right? Or like I'm trying to pick oh. my car and it's like, "Here's a spot for a car. You don't have the car, but you can buy the car right now." You know?
1: You know that that's something I haven't actually thought of consciously very and, much, but you're I actually mean, right. It's, like, okay, it it's has its place
2: in, like, a Farmville or something, right? Fine. If you want to do well, that... that's a free game. That's what I'm saying. But I paid 60 bucks for this game, and they're giving me the hard sell just when I want to pick what car I want? That's garbage.
1: Yeah, that is kind of crappy. I'm with you. That, is, that makes that would make and, me feel bad. And
2: the ex- they exploit people's propensity to want to complete things by making it by leaving a place in the menu for something and making it really obvious that you don't have it. And the only way to get some of these things, right? You can't unlock it in the game. You have to buy it if you want to complete that list. Yeah, that's frustrating, dude. It's killing me, man. <laughs> it's killing me. I already gave you my money. And so you know what this—you know what mm-hmm. kind of behavior this fosters in someone like myself? A desire to no longer purchase their games? Besides that, <laughs> I, I do not want to buy the DLC. Even though... For example, I love the rally courses in the game, and they have this new like the, these rally courses for for uh, Monte Carlo, and Monte Carlo I love, and Rally I love, but you know what? I will not buy your DLC because you did something nasty to me, yeah. and that's that. That is my one small way of retaliation. You know,
1: this this discussion about drift made me realize, r- made me dirt. Excuse me, <laughs> reminded me that. I thought about you on my trip in Europe because at some point – I mentioned I was in the car a lot This yeah. is because we knew we were going to be traveling around a lot. Um, so we rented a, a car, a large, unfortunately, large car because we had so much luggage. Um, and at some point – I was always the passenger. I was never what the driver. It, what
2: kind of car was it? American? European? It was a European car. European?
1: I think it was an Opel. Opel. I, I
2: Very that, nice. Opel.
1: That's that's not a a car brand. That was the model.
2: No, Opel is a brand. Is it? Yeah, it a brand? Okay. Can have an Opel. Those are pretty. I think it was an
1: Opel, but it was like a friggin' bus almost. It had, you know, the sliding door on the side, and then two rows of seats in the back, and then the luggage. Anyway, at some point, I was driving through something that I'm pretty confident is in one of the newer Ridge Racer games, like Ridge Racer Five or Six. Um, and I was like, oh, this is totally this right here. This. Tunnel-like thing I'm going through is in some Ridge Racer game that I played <laughs> in my history, and I can describe it to you. It's like it's sort of a tunnel, but one of the sides is is it's open, is open, but with all these columns. Oh, that's beautiful! Right uh, um, now I'm so and the jealous. other side is like a cliff with water and stuff.
2: Oh, it's I'm pretty sure that was Croatia,
1: and I was going nice. through this, and I'm like, I swear that's from the game, but I, I don't remember there being a Croatia level. But it may be that there's this type of tunnel exists in more than one place. But I, su- I swear it was taken right. Well, out of the world into the video. I was gonna say out of the video game, but the other way around. Right. Um. Totally drove through that, and I was like, and the problem is that no one in the car with me could appreciate that. I was, I was alone in that, <laughs> and so I was like, oh, this is totally, oh, you guys don't care, but it's this totally from the game, and uh, so that was interesting to me. You know what I'm talking about, right?
2: I know precisely what you're yeah, talking
1: about. Yeah. Because it's you play that level a lot. They got,
2: they have, they have a track in Gran Turismo that has that sort of thing. In it. Really?
1: Was it possibly in the very yeah. first Ridge Racer? Cause that's the only one I've played a lot. I think
2: I don't. Think the, I, don't uh, I don't know. Anyway, it's it, probably in about seven video games.
1: It happened to me, and uh, I I thought that was fun. So we only have about a minute. No time left. So I had a few things to talk about. Um, you know, when we get a caller, mm-hmm. we all the stuff this we is, plan to talk what, about sort of goes time out the window.
2: To to talk about something that happened three years ago. Okay. So I don't think we've ever discussed this, but three years ago in 2008 apparently this guy named uh, richard gaywood real name was it richard richard gaywood okay and he
0: wanted,
2: was- wanted to use his real name for his gamer tag and microsoft said you can't because some people are offended at the fact that your real name is richard gaywood mm-hmm.
1: and uh didn't they that that page you have in front of you says microsoft explains the gaywood ban
2: yeah they said because people could get offended and it sounds offensive and they don't know that it's your real name you can't use it and i think that's of supreme return personal
1: rights versus public perception i don't don't, know what's you don't have a right
2: to not get offended
1: gotta protect the children i guess from gaywood gaywood is very dangerous apparently well thanks for joining us everyone on my my return to the show we'll be back next week as always good night guys
0: You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info in the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.